Hi, everyone. This is Eric Martin from the band Mr. Big, the handsome one that stands right in the middle. That's me. And you're listening to Music Mania Podcast. You are locked and loaded on the Music Mania Podcast. Thank you so much, man. I, I love talking about the things that I love, Clint. And for you to allow me to do it with you, uh, I am the Music Mania Podcaster. We roll tonight to the guitar bite. And for those about to rock, I salute you. You ready for some screaming heavy metal? Scream for me, Brazil! Scream for me, Brazil! We rock! You are now listening to the Music Mania Podcast, the number one hard rock podcast in the Midwest. Featuring hard-hitting interviews with rock's living legends. And now, here's your host, Clint Schweitzer. David, I, I've had you on the show so many times, it's cool to finally get to do it like this. And I, I, I mean, this is kind of kind of the wave, man. This is how it's been. I guess if one positive thing comes of it, these interviews it are is. a little cooler than the typical phone call, right? This is the new way. <laughs> well, we'll what? First in line. Is this, uh, so, yeah, it definitely is. Well, I, you know, jumping right into it, guys, I just um, caught some clips from the end of days festival in, uh, in San Antonio. What a gig that was. What, what was that gig like, David? Was it uh, the first time that you've kind of been on stage in front of people for, for quite some time? How, yeah, how was the yeah. gig, man? First time for any of us, really. I mean, you know, the last time I was on stage was uh, February 23rd over in um, Sofia, Bulgaria. We finished the Megadeth Five Finger Death Punch tour. Um, Bumblefoot was over there maybe a week or so longer when he was on the Sons of Apollo tour, uh, maybe early March. Um, our Ellison band, the last time we had been on stage was on the Mega Cruise, like exactly a year ago, in October, a year ago. Um, so yeah, it was, it was kind of weird for all of us, you know, and, and I think kind of weird for the audience to kind of, you know, our, your nature is to get out of the car, you know, and just do your thing. You're like, oh shit, that's right. I got to put my mask on and, and, you know, but people, you know, people generally played by the rules, man. Every, all the bands setting up the merch and everything, kept their masks on, you know, we got on stage and obviously we we're kind of socially distanced anyway. And those three festivals were all outdoor, which was good for us as the performers, and, um, you know, the audience, you know, that, you know, again, that's kind of on them, whatever they want to do, but you know, <laughs> it was cold out, which is, I don't know, maybe good. I don't know. But, uh, tell you what, it was great to be on stage playing again. Uh, we had a, we had a hell of a work week, you know, we shot two music videos, we rehearsed our asses off for two days and then we banged three, three festivals. So, uh, feels like we did a month tour. I, yeah. I'm a little, I'm a little tired. I'm not going to lie <laughs> coming home from that. Yeah, for, for me, it was last, because we did the, you with those guys, it was last, it was the Mega Cruise, but then me and David went to Europe with Andy and Paulo and, uh, and did the shows in Europe, which today I think is the one year anniversary of the show with KK Downing, the yeah, More Live yeah. with Death show at Wolverhampton, so. Well, for you, Tom, I mean, Obviously, I'm sure you guys got to unveil some uh, some songs from the upcoming album, which we'll talk about. But hearing your song on some of those, me hearing your voice on some of those Megadeth songs was a really was a, really a treat for me, man. I thought that was really awesome. What was it like, kind of tackling some of that uh, some of that Megadeth stuff? You know, I've been, I've been singing a lot of that stuff since I was you know a kid in cover bands. I mean, Megadeth has always been 
one of my favorite bands, and I've always kind of been able to do the Dave Mustaine thing. So, I mean, it's awesome. I mean, again, it's one of my favorite bands. I mean, some of my favorite songs, you know, we've, you know, kind of, you know, and, and we generally tend to pull out kind of more deep cuts, you know, so far as it gets to what stuff, stuff Megadeth doesn't really necessarily play live. You know, it, it's great, man. It's a lot of fun. But, you know, last year on the Mega Cruise, as David just mentioned, uh, obviously Mustaine couldn't go because he was sick. And we got to do a cool little tribute to him and played almost a full Megadeth set with a few of our tunes sprinkled in. I mean, again, it's really cool to be able to pay tribute to that part of David's legacy, but it's also cool to be able to do other stuff and write songs. And I mean, look, it's all pretty awesome, you know? Well, David, you know, kind of talk about the the album. It's called No Covers and it comes out November 20th. And I'm just looking through the through the song list here. And of course we've seen the video now uh, for Alf Wonder scene, uh, the, the cheap trick cover, but what, talk about how you guys kind of put together these songs. Cause there's a, yeah, we got everything from Billy Idol, Twisted Sister to Wasp. And I can't wait to check out the, the love machine. Well, you know, awesome. most of our calendar of course is predicated around Megadeth activity. Um, and you know, 2018, we shut down actually late 2017, we came off the road to write what will become the you know Megadeth album 16. And, Tom and I got busy. We created a platform called Base Story. Got busy doing that, and that's where it, it opened up an opportunity. Um, I invited Tom on stage to sing a tune or two with me. We realized that you know we do all this other business stuff together. It was fun just to get on stage and blow out some tunes, you know, and 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 just kind of have a musical moment together. And you know that led to us writing a couple things. And last year we put out the uh, Ellison Sleeping Giants CD. Um, as well as a book that we wrote called More Life with Death. And, and then that, uh, as we, you know, toured that across America and even over in Europe, um, in the UK, we, you know, we, we set in motion writing the next Ellison solo LP um, with, with original material. And we popped a couple of those tunes out earlier this year. In April, we put out the track Simple Truth. And in May, we put out this uh, Post Malone cover that we did over now. And uh, we had uh, tour dates for Australia and Japan on the books. And of course that all got moved back. And, um, <clears throat> you know, kind of the, the, the caveat of course is I was, you know, getting ready to go to, to Nashville to record bass and yeah. drums on the, on the Megadeth album. And that finally happened in late May. Uh, we had, to, that was a reschedule as well. So we got that done. And when I came home from that, you know, Tom and I got on the phone, we were originally going to push out this second Ellison album um in in october and and we got on the phone it was it was obvious like look we're we're it's that there's no reason to we got there's no we can't tour it we can't support it we can't do anything and tom just said he goes look why don't we do some covers and i said man great i i you know was kind of just in that world um uh you know obviously just recording megadeth tracks and and um and so Tom and I just started spitballing, um, you know, cover ideas. And I mean, literally in one phone call, we had like half of an album, yeah. you know, and the next day we had a full album. And by the end of the week, we had, you know, these 18 songs. We had a 19 song yeah. double album. Yeah. And he and Tom had invited Chips yeah. Enough to be part of it. And he kind of covertly on his own put together the Cheap Trick track, uh, Downed, which is sort of the hidden bonus track that's on the, uh, that's on the record. And um and and it, it, you know so just it quickly came together within a month we had it recorded um and started mixing and and um 
you know, it was just this, it, it just a total labor of love because, you know, first of all, the songs are written that, that takes yeah. care of, you know, yeah. that takes care of six months of work right there. Yeah. You're not composing. And it was fun just to go in and, and then work on songs that, um, you know, the, the stuff from the seventies is probably the stuff that was a little closer to me, the stuff from the eighties, like wasp and, um, you know, free will burning and some stuff like that was probably a little closer to, to Tom's, um, record collection. And so between the two of us, you know, we covered a couple of decades of material and, and I think we went for some kind of not obvious tracks, you know, and sometimes you do a cover record, it's easy to just go for some of the obvious or, and I, and I think we, we avoided that and came up with a, a pretty creative little set list here, a little song list. Yeah. I think, I think the cool thing about a lot of this stuff is, you know, a lot of it was, Stuff David, you know, before David moved to LA to join Megadeth with Greg Hand of it, you know, they played in bands together and David played in bands and cover bands in Minnesota and, and Love Me Like a Reptile Wasted. A lot of the stuff was stuff that David played, you know, and, and, and was the stuff, you know, that inspired him. I mean, the, you know, the, the BTO song, Not Fragile, I didn't even know at the time we recorded that's the first song David ever learned on bass, you know, so those kind of cool connections to that. And there were some bands like, you know, Def Leppard, where we're both huge fans of the band, but maybe our, you know, main allegiance to the band laid in different periods. Like, you know, I love sure. everything, but David was more influenced by On Through the Night, where I was more influenced by Pyromania, you know, because I'm a, a little younger than him. So, I mean, so it, it was cool. We just kind of, some of it was, you know, we loved the same bands and, and kind of just settled on on in, in the middle on something. And some of it was stuff that directly David played and had a really strong influence on him as a, a player, you know, so. Yeah, well, well, Tom, talk about kind of your guys' relationship because you guys must really get along because you've got a label group, uh, EMP label group. You've got, uh, you know, a, a movie company where you're releasing a horror movie. Um, you guys uh, have a band together now. What, uh What's the relationship like? Kind of, how did all this come together, Tom? How did you guys kind of formulate this uh, this bond that you have here? Shocker! It's all because of shocker. <laughs> no, I did. Uh, so, so look, maybe five, six years ago, I got sick of the music business and took a little hiatus. I started doing more film stuff, and and actually, for a while, I uh, I worked with. Funny enough, the guy who represents David now and does all his convention appearances, I started representing like actors and and doing some convention booking, and then I started doing some film production stuff and I yeah for Shout Factor I started doing some special features I did some stuff for people under the stairs and Army of Darkness and then they told me uh Red Shirt Pictures the company I did it with Michael Felcher told me he was doing Shocker and I'm like man you have to let me do something about the soundtrack so uh, they gave me zero budget it was like here's 200 bucks go go out have at it kid so I, I went and I did man I interviewed Desmond Child and Jason McMaster and and it's funny and a lot of that kind of laid the groundwork for some of the stuff we did in the future but that's how me and I'd met David when he was at PV briefly through some of the bands I managed but our, our, we reconnected then over the shocker thing David did an interview for it and uh, the rest is kind of history he mentioned he was gonna start a label and had doll skin at the time and I had you know a bunch of other bands I was working with uh, a rise in chaos and then, you know, we kind of decided to do EMP and then I was hanging out with Corey Taylor and he introduced me to Green Death and that kind of became the first three bands on EMP and then the coffee company happened and then it turned into this and then combat and, and then again, like me and David have a great relationship. We've been friends for, you know, 
five years on a daily, you know, we talk on a daily basis and, and, and figure out all this stuff. And I kind of deal with more of the day-to-day operations and, you know, David's, you know, kind of busy being in one of the biggest bands in the world. So I kind of hold down the fort as far as logistics and signing the bands. And but yeah, we have a cool collaborative relationship. And I mean, look, it's like anybody else who runs a bunch of companies together and is in a band and deals with each other on a daily basis. I mean, you have, you know, we, we have a good relationship and we just kind of keep finding these different things. And, and, and some of it kind of comes from things in my background, like the film stuff. And, you know, that just came through my buddy Drew was, was doing dwellers, you know, and I'd done some films. I produced a, a music business documentary called long way to the top, which won some film festival prizes and had like Phil Collins from Def Leppard in it. And some guys from Weezer and nine inch nails and West Borland from Limp Biscuit. And, you know, so again, I would kind of come out of doing some documentary stuff and some film stuff, which was kind of more led to us to get on the film path. So it, it's cool. We kind of find these different little pieces of both of our collective, you know, histories that tie together and, and, and create these new avenues that we can pursue, you know, the films, the coffee, the books, you know, I've been a writer for 20 years, you know, that, you know, and David had written his, his first memoir through that. We ended up doing a book and now we're launching a book imprint, you know, kind of just off of that, you know, and so it's been really cool. Well, talk, talk to us about the status of, uh, of Dweller, because I think the official trailer came out a year ago What's going on with Dweller? Uh, you're talking, you mentioned Drew, Drew Fortier, a good friend of our of our shows here. He's uh, involved in the film as well. What's going on and, with And Drew, Drew's also on no cover. He's the one who David mentioned before. Yeah, you know, so that that the the actual the, the hidden track, the the cheap trick down is David, Chips Enough, Drew, and I think Vin Dombrowski from Sponge actually did some some vocals on that too. But no, Drew's yeah. a good friend of mine and I kind of brought him into the, the the universe here with David and and they became friends and they actually just wrote a book together. David wrote his first fiction book, which I'm sure we'll talk we'll touch on in a second. But yeah, so Dwellers, um, Drew brought it to me and said, hey, he was kind of working on it. Would you and David want to produce this? And I'm, I'm like, sure. So it kind of turned into this fun thing where me and David are in the film. We kind of do a cameo as, you know, kind of asshole, slimy, you know, movie producers, but also ourselves. You know what I mean? Maybe a, a slightly slimier version of ourselves. <laughs> maybe maybe me more so than David. I mean, but David. I'd like to think asshole. of it more like I'm Alice Cooper and they're uh, Wayne's world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who's not worthy? Uh, there is no slime. There is no yeah. slimy Drew, version Drew, of David. Drew, yeah, Drew's like Drew's like we're not worthy. We're not worthy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the movie's almost done. I mean, look like everything else. It got held up by COVID. You sure. know what I mean? The plan was to originally put it out this year, and everything just got. I mean, look, no cover. That's what it was. It was like. We found something we could do that made sense during the pandemic. It's awesome. But I mean, doing a cover record is always more like a throwaway record. It's what bands do when they have a record left on their contract. And you know what I mean? It was kind of, it was fun and it was amazing, but it was just kind of, what can we do during this pandemic that actually makes sense? Putting out a brand new record of new material that you can't have a full cycle doesn't. Releasing a film doesn't necessarily, you know what I mean? So again, I think it was just one of those things that kind of, 2020 became 2021 and now we're you know booking some uh appearances for next year's and some screenings for some conventions and it's definitely coming out next year me and drew are just kind of putting the finishing touches on the on the movie right now and you know again you couldn't go out and shoot stuff you couldn't go out and do stuff i mean covid really is kind of a you know a death knell to a lot of things you know or, or you just have to recalibrate and figure out how to work around it which is what we've kind of done you know well david talk about kind of how you're 
going to manage, uh, you know, the kind of late 2020 and on into 2021. We've seen Ellefson now playing live. You got the album coming out November 20th. And uh, we've got some dates starting to get announced for Megadeth. I think it just got announced. You guys are going to do a download in June. So kind of talk about how, what the balance is going to be like for you as you kind of navigate uh, the next uh, eight to 10 months, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, the bigger the act, the more uh, troublesome COVID has become, you know, and that's why with what Tom and I have been doing with uh, Ellison and, writing books and, you know, doing these other things, you know, the, these other little imprints and the coffee company and that, you know, we can pivot and move much quicker with that. You know, even our coffee company, I mean, you know, we started as a dot-com online mail order coffee company. And because we never got rid of that component of it, as, as some of our retail outlets were struggling and had been closed or shut down temporarily, our, quite honestly, our mail order business has been incredible, you know? So, um, you know, so it, we, we've really done quite well, um, despite all the setbacks. And of course, Megadeth, we had to clear the whole calendar this year, you know, which has been rough. I mean, look, we cleared the whole calendar last year, you know, the Aussie tour got canceled. Uh, Dave was diagnosed with throat cancer. So all that got canceled, but you know, Tom and I, you know, we're just, we're just this little, you know, this little band here called Ellison, you know, and it's funny how we can, we can, you know, pivot pretty quickly and, and book shows and get out and do things and record songs and cut records and, and stay active. And I, and I think a big part of that is, is staying active when you're thinking forward and you're creating, it keeps you out of dwelling on, you know, the sky is falling. Oh my God, the other shoe is going to drop. This is just the end. And, you know, quite honestly, no cover was a big part of that. We started just reaching out to all of our friends saying, hey, you know what? Jump in on this record that we're doing. This this is good for all of us. It keeps you engaged. It keeps us as a community engaged. And um, and that's what, what that is. Um, which, which, for the record, was not a plan at all. It was totally an accident. It was just, yeah. I think I was on the phone with Troy Bonanto and I'm like, dude, you should plan this. And then it just snowballed from there, you know? Yeah, that was the, the per perfect example, you know, of just getting people out of the house, you know, the proverbial house, if you will, because pretty much everybody recorded at their own house. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, next year, um, you know, like see Grass Pop, Download UK, you know, these big dates are being announced, you know, and, and um, so June, you know, kind of being the kickoff of Megadeth activity. Um, on the road and then the metal tour of the year is is will follow after that here in the u.s with megadeth lamb of god tribute and in flames for july and august and again it you know look at some point you have to just say yes and move forward and, and act as if but you also have to be very realistic that any of that stuff could change you know um you know so it, it's I, I think for in our in my mind anyway it's it's like let's do all of it you know obviously megadeth goes we we do that but um, you know, Tom and I are continuing to write, work on, on the next Ellison record. We're actually mixing tracks right now in London. Uh, tracks are being mixed. Um, we've got about half of the record is, is done and being mixed right now. And the other half, um, you know, we've obviously been pretty busy promoting and now doing some, some tour dates with no cover and, and, but, but the other half, we pretty much have written, you know, we're just, yeah, we pretty much written. We just have to do some, there's some recording that needs yeah. to be done. And, you know, again, we're, we're not, you know, we're, we're perfectly realistic of kind of using November as a, you know, the setup and the follow through with no cover. And then after that, we're, you know, moving over into, um, you know, finishing up that, that other record and, and, you know, and having, and having it ready to go. So, you know, it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like two horses at the starting line, you know what I mean? And when the gun fires, 
you know, you know, send both of the horses into the race or whatever one can, can run the race is, is how we do it. Well, I mean, it's, it's just, it's been crazy. And I mean, this is kind of a loaded question kind of for both of you guys, but you know, I, the last concert I went to was in, in February in Vegas, it was Aerosmith on their residency there. And I'm just sitting here like, I mean, that, that's all I do all summer. I mean, I'm at shows covering them and doing interviews and it's just been such an insane time. But I mean, do you, this is a loaded question, kind of a broad stroke, but do you, do you feel like kind of music is, is just kind of forever changed here as we try to navigate this? I mean, I know that's a, a lot, but when it comes to touring, when it comes to recording, I mean, what I've seen through the last seven, eight months is bands are knocking out music and they're able to do it via technology. And it's really been kind of beneficial in that way with regards to getting new music out. The touring side is, is obviously very important financially, but is, are we just kind of forever changed? How do we ever get back to, I mean, get back to normal. How do we, that, that's a dumb way to put it, but yeah. for lack of a better term. Well, I, I think as far as the recording, it's already been there. It's just being really highlighted by the fact that there's nothing else going on. There's no touring. Usually I, I think it's already been there where people were making music remotely doing, doing, and, and, and again, I think people have figured out ways to be even more creative and productive in that side of it because of the pandemic and, and whatever else. I mean, and obviously I'll let David speak to this, so I think as far as the shows, I mean, look, I think it's never going to, there's not going to be a normal, I, I mean, look, I think even when we get back to normal, it's going to be different. I, I think a lot of venues are unfortunately going under in this thing. Yeah. I, I, I think, look, I think new ones are going to pop up. Oh, the music business is cyclical, man. I mean, obviously there's never been a pandemic, but there's been other things that have changed these dynamics and the business obviously will bounce back the way it always has. But I, I don't think we're even going to see that until, you know, A, there's a vaccine for this thing and the world really can get its hand around it and figure it out. I mean, look, it's such a, it, it, it's such a pivoting, you know, the constantly evolving situation that I, I, I think nobody really even, they still don't fully understand it. You know what I mean? So like, I think you can just cautiously take baby steps and, you know, I, I think that's all we're going to do is just keep seeing bigger and bigger baby steps until we're walking, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I, well said. I kind of, kind of before we, uh, we, we put a bow on all this, uh, David, it's always, always like talking to you about uh, your youth music foundation. Um, Ellison youth music org is the website kind of for those that haven't heard some of our previous interviews uh, where we've kind of discussed it more at length, kind of talk about uh, the website and kind of how people can donate and sort of the basis behind, behind kind of putting this thing together. Yeah, well, you just mentioned the, uh, the, the URL there, and there is a donate sign, a uh, little link up there, and we're obviously always in a fundraising mode um, for that. Fortunately, our expenses are pretty low, so we can actually use the money to, you know, further the cause with the, with the Youth Foundation. Um, you know, ironically, Tom was talking about right at the end of 2019 saying, hey, 2020, I really want to put some focus on the foundation. You know, we, we formed it in 2018. Uh, we did a little bit back at um, <clears throat> my hometown in Jackson, Minnesota. Um, we all got busy with other things in 2019. And, and then ironically, we turned the corner and then as the world shut down, uh, Tom had called me and said, Hey, let's, why don't we, you know, why don't you get, pick up your bass and get on Skype and let's start doing some, some music lessons, you know? And, and, uh, and, and it's funny that, that just that conversation prompted a much bigger, uh, a, initiative, which we called schools out and Cisco got involved and gave us an incredible grant of, of equipment and their technology platforms. 
um, to be able to start giving lessons, not just me, but I called it Bumblefoot, Chris Kale from Five Figure Death Punch, and all these all these different um, you know famous artist friends of mine to to uh, donate some of their time. Nita Strauss, and and it was good because, if you're honest with you, again, you know when you've got your hand in the hand of someone else in need, it sort of takes you out of your own problem. And of course we were all watching our whole calendars get cleared. Uh, all of us going, Oh my God, the tour is going away. My recording dates going away. How am I going to pay my bills this year? You know, there are, you know, musicians are in the same boat as everybody else, you know, and quite honestly, not everybody can get unemployment. Um, you know, so, you know, being a musician is a, is a kind of interesting you know, job. But that foundation, you know, really helped pull things together, you know, and fortunately, you know, the Grammy Music Education Coalition brought us in as part of their initiative. And that that was a big help because, of course, they have a very wide bandwidth and, and um, helping promote things for us. Um, we were all, that quite honestly, what you see on no cover with our community coming in together to record largely started back in April when we started doing a live stream that we called Oh Say Can You Stream. And we did a couple of those and we invited a bunch of, again, friends in from the community and said, hey, let's let's be proactive and start to help um, kids who are out of school. Let's get guitars back in their hands and help them start to be productive in this time and not just sit around and let you know, idle hands. Yeah, sure gave us some microphones. We, we, we actually bought some guitars for some kids from Jackson and some other companies donated some stuff and yeah it was cool so we we had not only people donating time and giving lessons to kids but also we you know got to give some some guitars away and help some kids get some instruments and amazing I just appreciate that so much you guys do so great with that um we got to send everybody to the website, davidellifson.com, so you can get the info on no cover, and it comes out November 20th. Guys, before we cut you loose, I got to hit you with my uh, final four drum roll. Four quick questions. I'll throw each of you two of them, and we'll get you out of here if, if that sounds okay. okay. You guys probably still got to go vote and stuff, right? I already did. I voted. <laughs> All right. I, I voted earlier before this. <laughs> yeah. I, had a plan. I did too. I voted a few weeks ago. So. Oh yeah, me too. I still it was still an hour line two weeks ago for me, but hey, it's, it's See, all you know. I, I waited five minutes today, man. I literally went. I got up at like 10. I, I'm still a little jet lagged. We just traveled. Yesterday was a travel day. I got up. I went and I, I hopped out. I popped it. I literally, I waited five minutes. It was amazing. Damn. That's just going to get me back to my procrastinating ways here in that story. Um, okay. Final four. Uh, Tom, we'll start with you. Halloween just passed by, of course, uh, just a few days ago. I know you're a horror movie guy. What are is your, what's your favorite horror movie of all time? Or are your at least, you know, top three? Yeah, let's see. Shocker, obviously, as we've already discussed. Trick or treat, I love. I mean, Friday the 13th. Fastway. Fast, dude, I love that soundtrack. <laughs> we actually covered Fastway on the That's record. That's right. I saw that. You did, I'll, hit me and I'll, I'll get you the record too. I can't believe you didn't get the whole record, but I'll, I'll, I'll get it to you so you can check it out too. You're correct. Yeah, uh, yeah that's those are. Uh, I just watched The Thing two, uh, three nights oh, the ago. The Thing Fucking is great. Awesome. I mean, that, that is a very loaded question. I mean, it is. The Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, Halloween, the classics. You know, for the, for the past couple of weeks before we left for tour, I've been starting sitting down with my daughter and we watched Halloween 3 and we're actually going to watch Trick or Treat tonight. We went to go watch it and I realized my DVD wasn't in the case. So I had to, and, and that movie's like impossible to find. I had to order another one off eBay. So it showed up when I was gone. So we're going to actually watch that tonight. So, well, I, you know, a couple days late, but we'll let it slide. Uh, uh, David, of all the songs on No Cover, what was your favorite song of that uh, of those songs of those 19 or 20 songs growing up? 
Wow. Well, like Tom said, BTO Not Fragile was, that was really, your... that was the needle drop on the Not Fragile album. And the song You Ain't Seen Nothing Yet was obviously the big, huge hit all over the radio. But when I got that album, everything about that album just changed my life because it was this double gatefold, it was a single album, but it was this gatefold, open band photo inside, Fred Turner with his black and white Rickenbacker 4001 bass. Um, and you know, just hearing a bass guitar for the first time, I, mean, I didn't even know what it was. I was like, what is that? You know? <laughs> and, uh, and so just, you know, that, that song, um, you know, probably that really is the downbeat. That is the origin story of everything for David Ellison as a, as a professional bass player. And, and you know, it's awesome. funny is I didn't even really know that song. I mean, cause you know, I was born <laughs> in 75. So that probably came out like the year after I was born. So. Right. Yeah. And, and ironically, in 1975, BTO put out uh, Four Wheel Drive, which had another song, Hey You, which is another big, uh, <laughs> another big hit, you know. So, uh, yeah, that was that was my jam back in his day. But it's funny because that turned out being one of my favorite songs on the record, the way we did it. Like I after I recorded it, I'm like, God, I love and that's <laughs> honestly one of my favorite songs on the record. Um, Tom, what is uh, what was the last concert you've attended uh, as a fan before things went to hell? Oh, man. Yeah, I went last year. Well, obviously, I saw a bunch of them on the Mega Cruise. Um, I went and saw Post Malone in Chicago and hung out with him, which was absolutely that's, incredible. That's sweet. That was great. And then, I, you know, I went and saw Static X over the summer. They were one of the bands that ventured out and played a little festival here, and they're good buddies of mine, so I went and saw them. I, I think technically Static X would have been the last one. Awesome. Uh, David, for you, kind of what show or shows – did you uh, get all cut up on uh, kind of during the pandemic time? Wow. You know what? I finally watched Mad Men. Um, I'd, I'd heard about it. I'd never seen it. So I binge watched that. I binge watched House of Cards. I'm now binge watching Designated Survivor. Um, so, yeah, I got caught up in some stuff. You know, that's the thing. People tell me about movies and stuff. And because so much of my life is 30,000 feet in the air on airplanes. <laughs> my cinema, my cinema watching is, is usually airplane movies you know and i come home and entire seasons of either shows or movies have moved through the cinema i've missed them all you know so i get uh, i get caught up on thing kind of in arrears you know so, but it was, it was good to have a netflix binge this year i'm not gonna right lie. yeah every week he's like oh i'm binge watching this now he's been on a mission i'll say this yeah. I, I finally i was so excited to get home and finally get to watch the new episode of the mandalorian today I was so, I was so, it came out when we were out last week, obviously. And I was in Phoenix for a, a, a week. We did an in store for record store day last Saturday. So I actually went out to Phoenix a week before to do that in store. And me and David had some meetings and some stuff. So I was gone for like a week and a half during these shows. So I was so excited to get home and, and, and finally get to watch the new episode of The Mandalorian. Well, that's awesome, guys. I tell you what, uh, send everybody to davidellison.com. That's where you can get to all the rest of the URLs yeah. because there's yeah, lots of them. Go to the social media. I mean, honestly, there you go. go to the social media. That is always the most websites. You know, they're always a little behind with social media. David Ellison on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Those are the places to really find the most up to date stuff. As if he needed more Twitter followers, Tom. Yeah, there you go. David Ellison on Twitter, man. He's got, he's uh, doing great on there. You guys are awesome. Uh, catch you guys soon. Hopefully up there on the road somewhere out there in the stratosphere. We'll come say hi in person. You guys take her easy and rock on. Thanks so much. Sounds good. Awesome, Thanks. Clint. Thank you.